Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Horwell, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, Mr. J.W. Crewall. J.W., how's it going? It's going pretty well, Riley. How are you? I'm thriving, man. I'm thriving. <laughs> oh, that's excellent to hear, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, so very uh, hunkered down at work right now. I have a big like project going live next week. Uh, so heads up to the listeners, I, I won't be on the show next week. Uh, but on the upside, I learned yesterday that I've been using bobby pins for like my big old hair now the wrong way. I've been, they've been facing the wrong way for months now. And someone finally corrected me on how to use them. The bobby pins? Yeah. Oh, man, I could have corrected you. Yeah, that I, I know. I had the serrated side <laughs> sticking out instead of. Oh him. my gosh! It's a really amateur mistake. Well, you're new. I'm new to the to craft. The bun, I'm new right? to the craft. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, I didn't so. really have anyone teach me. I just kind of, I started putting them in, and I'm like, this works fine. <laughs> and then I, yeah. And then I was informed of my failures. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense, man. It just it doesn't come naturally to some people, but yeah, I'm glad that you're getting uh you know i'm glad that you're getting used to it and well i, I feel like i'm more committed to the the craft than you in the long term like uh, this, is something I was, this is something i'm sticking with i was in pretty deep but then you backed out when it mattered kinda, most <laughs> when the world needed me most <laughs> it vanished yeah i cut i cut <laughs> i cut it off yes yeah. well may, maybe once again maybe there's like a redemption arc in here somewhere <laughs> maybe maybe your hair does look clean as heck though so uh, true true yeah well thanks all thanks to my wife <laughs> for sure what's been going on in your side of the court well we have we were just talking before the cast and you know viewers that are watching this on youtube as i you know every five seconds like wipe my brow um we are getting air conditioning in this house there you go so that is coming is extremely exciting it has been hovering in the low 90s uh for the days and i'm in my office which you know it's just it just gets really hot in here and then and then yeah i just am like i'm wiping down like my arms right now and it's like actually like it feels like i washed my hands yeah slimy my wife doesn't like it so i i try to like give her as many like hugs as possible because she just is like oh I, you know, I, these are new clothes. These, this is a fresh dress, you know, that kind of thing. I'm but. sure like the lights uh, bearing down on you or don't help either. <laughs> they definitely don't. Yeah. But it's, you know what? It's, it's what I do for my craft. That's okay. Right. The sacrifices Dedication. I make. That's Dedication. right. That's right. That's now awesome. leave us, leave us, uh, leave us a review, please. <laughs> That's right. Great review. Five, five star review. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else kind of going on in, in your sphere? Man, um, we're going to go to Detroit this weekend, which oh, is nice. We're, we're taking a few trips actually coming yeah. up. We're going to take a trip to Wisconsin, actually. Oh. Yeah. yeah, to Manaqua. Manaqua. I don't know. Yeah, I is. think it's I think it's pretty far north compared to Madison, but like I'm sure you'd be <laughs> welcome to to come by. We're going to a little like lake house thing cabin. There you go. So that'll awesome. be pretty fun. 
Um, and then got a few, we got another like wedding coming up to also in Wisconsin. Um, but this one, I think the wedding is like in Madison. So like, we'll probably have to meet up for sure. So yeah, I'll let you I mean, know about that definitely one. in the area, we'll, we'll meet up for sure. Cool. Um, awesome. So I'm, I'm glad to hear things are going well. And I'm super glad to hear that the sliminess will be put down. Um, Tomorrow, which is <laughs> one day. It's one slimy day. That's right. So. Before we get into anything, one thing that I wanted to make sure that we hit on was just offering our congratulations uh, and recognizing the folks who are going to be advancing to the Globals finals for the Players' Cup. Uh, so we're not going to harp too much on, on kind of the meta analysis here because the the Battle Styles meta is you know, complete, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, right now we're, we're deep into the, the chilling rain world now. Uh, mm. But I will call out all the players and some of their decks. Um so from Latin America, we have, and I apologize if I butcher pronunciation of any of these names. I'm sincerely trying my best. <laughs> uh, from Latin America, we have Dalton Ocheta uh, playing Eternatus VMAX. Angel Aranibar playing Pikachu and Zekrom. Bruno Gueras playing Mad Party. And, uh, gosh, I, I will not get this right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh man, this is embarrassing. Um how do you how do you say like Medeiros? You know what I'm talking about? Like starts with a J, Pedros Medeiros. How do you say that name? It's a Brazilian name. Uh like like it's like uh J O A with squiggle O. Yeah. Like like Joao? Like jo- Joao maybe? Joao? Joao, Joao I think. That would kind of make sense. Uh, yeah, I apologize if I butchered. I, I think it's Joao. I think it's like it's, it's like it, a kind it of a visually that visually checks out with me. Um, uh-huh. But I live in the Midwest, so <laughs> um, also playing Pikachu and Zekrom. So Pikachu and Zekrom showing up big in Latin America. Um, in Europe, we have Hampus Eriksson playing Control, which is super sick. Seeing that make it through even with the rule changes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Pascal Lore playing Mewtwo and Mew GX, as well as Leonardo Martins playing Mewtwo and Mew GX. With the Rillaboom. Oh, uh, yes. Both, both of those with, players. Both with Rillaboom. And, and then we have Pedro playing his favorite Rapid Strike Chinchino deck <laughs> from day one. He was a believer. Very cool. Very um, cool. In North America, we have Aaron Friedman with Rapid Strike. Dan Hugar with Pikachu and Zekrom. Alex Shemansky with Mad Party. A couple Mad Parties, which I love to see. And Isaac Tron with uh, Mewtwo Jirachi GX Toolbox, so the Psychic Mewtwo variant. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in the Oceania region, we have Zayad Afiza playing Rapid Strike, Ting Chan playing ADP, uh, Christian Hasbani playing Pikachu and Zekrom, and Peter Lowe playing Mewtwo Rillaboom. So Mewtwo Rillaboom, kind of an underrated superstar here. I mean, <laughs> a, a number of uh, spots here in the top... Uh top 16 what three spots pretty incredible that is super cool so look forward to to seeing how those global finals pan out a lot of really recognizable names like really these are some of the top players in each of these regions um so i'm excited to see what they cook up for the yeah and just congratulations to all the players that made it to the second day of the players cup and Congratulations to all the players that made it even into the first day. It was uh, better than us. Certainly. What's that? <laughs> Did better than us. You made it that far. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how the top 16 finishes up. I think we uh, we might 
might uh, might know one of the commentators, but I digress. Um, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. So first things first, we haven't had a chance to talk about this in a little while here, and that is some new cards that have come out. Very exciting Woo! stuff. Uh, so the Japanese <laughs> sets that will combine to become our Evolving Skies set have been fully revealed. And yes. before we dive too deep in that, I do want to plug the 25th anniversary set has been revealed and lightly teased as far as what's going to be inside of it. And it is mm-hmm. very cool. Uh, so it is called Celebrations. Uh, yep. It's similar to, you know, Generations in terms of naming convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it's pl- what the plan is for the set is to, first off, there's going to be a lot of kind of like reprints of old famous cards so think like base set charizard think tapu lele gx and umbreon star were some that they listed in the original announcement but then they're also doing which i think is really really cool these callbacks to past eras but using modern pokemon um so one that we've seen images of now and i definitely recommend checking this out if you haven't seen it is there is a Dragapult Prime, which looks incredible. Um, and there's a Mimikyu that's like water type as a Delta species, which is so fun. There's going to be a Greninja Star. Just so much really cool stuff. I love that. It's what a great way to like celebrate the history of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And they've, they've also made, I just want to, you know, uh, while we're here, the Hydreigon SP and Zacian level X. So they've kind of taken iconic cards from each of these generations, right? You have the light and dark Pokemon, the SP Pokemon, level X Pokemon, Delta species, primes, which I'm a huge stan of. And certainly, certainly a few more that we just haven't seen product scans of. And they're combining them into this little mini set. And I think it's just such a great and pretty unique way to honor this uh, 25th anniversary of Pokemon. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. It, it looks so fun. Those, yeah. These are the kind of packs that you just love to open. You know, it yeah. just feels so cool. <laughs> I, I feel like with every one of these sets, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to get the whole collection, you know, because it's like 25 <laughs> cards. Yeah. And then I know inevitably I'm going to fall very short. But yeah. it's still it's still cool to dream. They, they look really nice. What are your thoughts, Riley, um, on the 25th anniversary sticker and the right hand corner of the card i mean i feel like they almost have to do that for the reference that they're doing yeah um, to a distinguish from them. being sketchy and like trying to resell them as yeah. like the originals and b to also like preserve the value of the originals like they don't have the 25th mm. stamp so you know that there's still there's no comparison right like it's the there's the stamp and there's the original that's a good point yeah i didn't even consider that yeah. very interesting that's kind of my take on it yeah no, it totally makes sense. But yeah, they look beautiful. I mean, look it up on Poker Guardian or Poker Beach if you haven't already. These things are stunning. Seriously. Yeah, super cool. Um, but with that, uh, we do want to talk about the future of actually the cards that we'll be playing, which is coming up in Evolving Skies. So, um, GW, what are some standouts for you in the Evolving Skies set? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We've finally gotten um, all the scans and it just seems like we've, you know, kind of had a new set release and then we're already looking like a set or in some cases two sets uh, in front of us. 
Um, but it, it, it's really interesting to see some of the some of the card designs in it, and maybe places a little bit more the context of the current cards uh, when you compare them against future cards. Um, and so yeah. I don't know. There are a few cards that I'm looking at that maybe won't have like a, a powerful impact, but like are certainly playable. And like one of those would be this uh, Suicune that allows you to draw a card with its ability if it's in the active spot. And then it also does damage based on the amount of Pokemon that are in play. So obviously that can scale up pretty big depending on how many Pokemon your opponent has. Uh, but it can also be kind of played around, right? Because your opponent can, you know, they, these are the cards that I like where there's some interaction between what you and your opponent do. So this weekend is something that I'm looking at. Um, I also really like really like uh, aside from the Rayquaza VMAX, but I, I really like the Garbodor. I don't know <laughs> if you have any thoughts on this Garbodor, but it allows you to attach two car uh, two tools to it. So Garbodor usually has some kind of like tool mechanic. You know, we ha- we've had Garbotox and Garbodor in the past. Um, we've had like tool drop Trubbish. Trubbish. Uh, and so now we're seeing this kind of similar theme here with this Garbodor. Allows you to have tool uh, two tool cards, two tool say that 10 times fast two (laughs) tool cards attached uh, to it as the ability and then just does like a generic you know 120 poison can't retreat on your opponent's next turn so you know maybe a two shot style attack there um against the v max meta but i i think that's really cool like i could see um that the playing it with two helmets right so your opponent would attack into the garbador and then they'd have to pick up two energy back to their hand that could be really cool. It's the content um, creator in you. I know, right? And there's a number of other tools, I don't know, that, that could be kind of neat. Like, you know, you could play Tool Jammer on top of, like, another useful tool, right? Um, there's just some ways you could play this card that I think are really interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, a couple of, like, if we're on the topic of, like, some of these niche cards that stick out. Um, one that actually sticks out to me is the Altaria that lets mm-hmm. you put a supporter on the top of your deck every turn. I see yeah. a lot of potential with that in some of these like control decks that play a thin, al- thin yeah. like V-blocking Altaria line. You could also play this Altaria as a means to um, like quickly churn through the supporters in your deck. So I think that's pretty cool. I love those kind of like niche evolution scenarios. Um, yeah. And generally like I like the themes of a lot of these cards. I like what they're going for. I like that they made Among Us into a card. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> With the full face shield. Um, yeah. So that's sick. I also, I randomly like the jump fluff that um, can attack twice. Just because I really like it when you can attack twice. I I don't think there's like a way to really use this in an effective way. but Right. Um you know, one day if there's like enough damage modifiers or something, this could be really cool. And it does like self-accelerate its its own evolution uh, because when you attach an energy to the skip bloom, it evolves into the jump love. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there may be some way to play that again, like you said, with damage modifiers. I mean, that's not unusual for Pokemon to do this, and like it was the only reason that Metacham, uh, which is probably a comparable double attacking Pokemon. Um, That was the only reason that could be played, right? Because you think about like the tools that were out when it was around. You had Muscle Band and also the Choice Band, um, which boosted by 20 to any Pokemon. And then with Choice Band, you could do 30 to EX 
uh, and GX Pokemon, I think. Yeah, EX and GX Pokemon. And then, um, you know, and then you had, of course, Strong Energy. Uh, you had Diancie Prism Star. So I, is Grass the type of mechanic that it'll get damage boosts like that? Probably not. Like the Diancie, <laughs> you know, it's probably not going to get a Diancie type card. It's probably not going to get a Strong Energy type card, but um, it could, or there could be some other kind of mechanic that we're not seeing. Like, um, you know, there's a, there's a Cherum or something that, boost damage of grass type Pokemon right. for instance so yeah and the last kind of niche card I want to call out is the the Metacham V with the yoga loop uh, mm. so if you're unfamiliar the, the Metacham for two colorless energy puts two damage counters on one of your opponent's Pokemon and if you get a knockout in this way you skip your opponent's turn basically uh, so that's obviously very cool the catch is you can't use yoga loop multiple turns in a row even if on different Metacham Mm -hmm. Um, but I could see there being a rapid strike, like some kind of crazy combo you can pull off with this. Cause I feel like the whole rapid strike strategy is about like meaningfully placing damage counters. You have, uh, you have like the, the, sorry, the Greninja, the (laughs) Inteleon that snipes as well. So like you can really be creative with the way that you use this. I like it a lot. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to see as well. I just want to point out just, um, you know, going further on certain cards. It's good to see uh, that they're printing more of these gloves as well. Um, we haven't really seen the gloves be played, but it's nice that they're giving kind of an option to every um, every Pokemon that might want to use it. Um, so digging gloves, as an example, attach this tool to one of your Pokemon, and then when this Pokemon card uh, does damage your, to your opponent's active fighting Pokemon, it's increased by 30 so there might be some, you know, potential use there in the future. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even like you think about like the Garbodor, man, like attaching a couple of tools like that, you know, that's a definite <laughs> boost. Make him a huge threat. With his yeah, gloves. no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> we also got Derek in chat shouting out that the jump fluff could use like the rapid strike spread scroll in combo with the Simeon to just spread a ridiculous amount of damage every turn, which would be mm-hmm. very, very cool. I didn't think about approaching it from that angle. Um, yeah. But there are definitely like some cool strategies you can pull. Attacking twice always introduces unique strategies, I feel like. Right. Ones right. that maybe aren't obvious on first glance. Right. Now there's a handful of supporters uh, as well being released. So uh, Raihan... Choose one basic energy card from your discard pile and attach it to one of your Pokemon, and then search your deck for any one card and put it into your hand. And you can only play this card if one of your Pokemon was knocked out during your opponent's last turn. Um, so, but it's still, I mean, this is like in that same vein of Rosa, in that same vein of teammates, I think is is maybe um, the better comparison, but you're getting an energy accelerated, which is always good, you know, for the most part. 90 or 80 percent of cards that um can attach extra energy are playable um <laughs> and then and then you know search your deck for any one card and put it in your hand so it's kind of like a best of both worlds right you're getting an attacker set up and then you're also searching out that card that you might need uh, we also get a schoolgirl. that's going to be your what probably like ideal um supplementary supporter in a in a sealed environment in a in a you know, pre-release environment it says draw two cards. If your opponent has even number of prize cards remaining, draw two more. And then of course we get a copycat reprint with amazing art. I mean, copycat just seems like one of those cards that like works in every generation because you have all new trainers. So like the art just 
you know, it, it, it makes itself in essence. So this one has Leon. It's got uh, Marnie. It's got, I don't know who that guy in the back is. Some like TV guy or something. <laughs> that's Rose. Oh, that's Rose. Oh my gosh. I'm so used to dad bod Rose. <laughs> Rose, you look so skinny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Wow. really makes Very you cool. think, huh? I mean, what happened? You know, there is we also the schoolboy, but he draws on the odd prize cards, which is mm. kind of less optimal. I feel like. Yeah, sure, sure. We also get the return of Shauna. So That's Shauna, huge. a very controversial card, though, back in the day when <laughs> we had Shauna, Shauna and Birch. So there was Shauna that could draw five cards, and there was another card called Professor Birch's Observations, and it drew four cards. Shuffle your hand and draw four cards, but. You flip a coin, and if heads, you get to draw seven cards. So the ROI was better, but you had to do it on a flip, right? So there was a chance, 50% chance, that you got just four cards, making it, you know, just you're nerfing yourself pretty hard. And then we also have Zinnia's Resolve here. You must discard two cards from your hand. In order to play this card, draw one card for each of your opponent's Pokemon in play. So very reminiscent to something like a, a Steven's Resolve. Um, you know, just more like reminiscent of the original Steven. Yeah, sure. Or, or that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or uh, Eric's no, hospitality. Sorry, sorry, like Steven's advice. Yeah. Steven's advice. Steven's advice. That's what I meant. Yeah. Not Steven's resolve, of course. Yeah. Um, or Eric's hospitality, cool. similar, except, uh, you know, you're more flexibility of when you can play it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I don't think that this card, I mean, hot take, I don't think it's really a hot take, but I don't think Zinnia's Resolve is going to see any play just because of the discard. You know, you're probably better off just drawing raw cards um, or shuffling and and redrawing or something like that. In most cases, discarding, especially at the end of the game, uh, is just not going to be a thing that you want to do. But it is nice to just have these options. Yeah, I think it also depends, like, how thick of of a bench you're expecting in the meta, like, Mm-hmm. You know, if Eternus is everywhere, maybe this is worth slotting in because being able to draw eight cards is great. But, uh, you know, there's some decks that are playing like two, three bench Pokemon, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's not fun. Right. It, draw, discarding two to draw three, that's worse than hell. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Or um, so there's. Now. Hop yeah, or hop now, exactly. Um, so there's a few VMAX Pokemon that we should definitely go over. So, of course, the Rayquaza VMAX. Very nice ability. It allows you to discard your hand and draw three cards. Um, so, you know, just allows you to churn through your deck, which I feel like Rayquaza is just kind of, again, that archetypal, you know, nature of the card just coming back here. And then G-Max Burst for a Fire and a Lightning. 20 damage. You may discard either any number of basic Fire or any number of basic Lightning Energy from this Pokemon. And obviously, the combo there is with Flaffy to form some kind of, you know, it's high... Right, Ray Eels. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so this is Ray Eels again. <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. We, we won't beat around the bush there. Um, we got a Dragon IV with a couple of attacks. Pretty, pretty um, forgettable, I would say, but it has an okay sniping attack. We already brought up Metacham, of course. Um, there is a Trevenant that I do want to highlight. So Trevenant, um, not not great. Um, but it does uh, the first attack here for a song, 40 damage times the number of supporter cards in your opponent's discard pile. So something to keep on the radar. I feel like grass has been kind of lacking in its like yeah. overly strong V maxes. And obviously Trevenant is not like 
a card that I would consider overly strong, but it is one of those cards that I could see uh, certainly ramping up in the late game and, and just getting kind of out of control, much in the way that uh, Trashlanch Garbodor did. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you're like a supporter-heavy a supporter heavy meta, um, like how Trashlanch is in a very item-heavy meta. Right, absolutely. Um, we have a Gyarados VMAX. Hyper Beam, 120 damage, discard an energy from your opponent's active Pokemon, and uh, you know a, a vanilla second attack that does 240 damage. Feels like they are just doing some fan service here with the <laughs> Gyarados. Not a lot of uh, playability, and not a lot of immediate playability in my mind uh, for that card. We got a Volcarona V, Surging Flames, 20 damage, this attack does 20 more damage for each basic energy card in your discard pile. Then shuffle those cards back into your deck. Um, seems like it could have been good if it didn't have that second uh, condition to the attack like if you could just load the load the discard with a bunch of fires and then you didn't I mean, have to like shuffle them back or it's like a victini prism again sure sure and and the ni- yeah and the nice thing is of course that it's uh that it's just for one fire yeah energy right so you don't need the welder or i guess post rotation you wouldn't need multiple turns of I, the thing is like post rotation i don't know how fire is even going to do anything <laughs> i don't know victini vmax like is probably still pretty decent victini vmax is probably good but victini vmax probably doesn't play enough fires to really make oh Volcarona for sure yeah. at all meaningful no. yeah totally totally um we have the suicune which we talked a little bit about uh and then uh, we have a Golurk v with the second attack rewind beam 180, if your opponent's active is an evolved Pokemon, remove the highest stage and devolve it or return that card to your opponent's hand. Seems cool, man. Like, like at first I feel glance, like there's like, a way to cheese through VMAXs at that. that. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. it doesn't do enough damage, right? 180 is not yeah, enough you need to like knock Italians. out a, Yeah, not enough to knock out a V, but yeah, like you said, with the Intellions, maybe you could do something there. Um you know, it is kind of a double-edged sword in some cases because there are certainly times where you wouldn't, you don't actually want to knock out the basic V, and you'd rather knock out the evolved V Max, right? <laughs> like if you hit, uh, you know, an Eternatus for 180, and you force it to pick up the the V Max, if they play back down and you rewind beam again, then you're gonna knock out the v pokemon instead of the v max so it seems like there's something there it needs the right partner and it has a pretty high energy cost but uh, certainly one to keep an eye out for and then we have a lycanroc card lycanroc makes a triumphant return um hunting claw here is the first attack Uh, i like it i like it choose one of your opponent's pokemon to play with 60 hp or less and that pokemon is knocked out so uh kind of just you know, like a snipe, essentially. Um, evolving is cringe. That's what Pokemon just said. <laughs> <laughs> evolving is cringe for sure. Is that what did Andrew have that translation up? I don't know. Oh, okay, that sounds like a tricky GM translation for sure. <laughs> and then second attack, max edge, and one ninety. This attack does thirty damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. Um, and any of these V maxes that uh, that really stand out to you, there, Riley. I mean, Rayquaza obviously like stands out quite a bit. I think, uh, I think the Lycanroc is probably the next most appealing one to me because yeah. you know being able to kind of oppress your opponent's evolution board state is um, definitely notable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can. I mean, it's so easy, right? Because it's just that one energy. We have one uh, more that I that I didn't mention, of course, in the Duraludon V. And this, I mean, this one is 
a- actually somewhat legitimate just because of the ability. So Duraludon VMAX here with the Skyscraper ability. Prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by attacks from each of your opponent's Pokemon that has any special energy attached to it. Um, so these kinds of abilities, um, you know, you think about something like Giratina EX from the past that had a little more um, expansive ability than this, um, but still, you know, in that same vein, was... Yeah, pretty good for the majority of its lifetime. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I could see something like Duraludon being similar if we can figure out a way to, uh, to you know, power it up a little easier. But there's a G-Max Pulverization, 220 damage, which is a good number. Remember that most of the V, the basic Vs have that 220 or less uh, hit points. And it says this attack's damage isn't affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. So also kind of, you know, a shred style attack which is generally nice to see uh any thoughts there on uh on duraludon or any of the other v max pokemon there rally um i think Duraludon's okay it also has a clear pairing with the the dragon fang scroll uh, so for one additional energy attachment from its normal attack you can do 300 damage um which could maybe be useful 300 is kind of an awkward number but with single strike energy you could get up to like 340 pretty easily i think it's uh, just to clarify i think it's two from its normal attack, I thought its normal attack was four energy. No, it's three energy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's no, no, no. More. You're, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. There you go. It's so it's two more energy, uh, but then you know you slap a couple of single strike energy on there, and you're able to get some pretty astronomical damage. Basically, one shot of Emax, um, even easier than single strike Urshifu, which is saying something. That is saying something. Absolutely. So very cool. That's a very high level. Um, overview of of what we have in store and certainly as we get closer we'll be profiling a few of these more uh, cards a little bit more and how they kind of work themselves uh, into decks and and how you might see these going forward. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing I want to shout out is the Rescue Trolley. Uh, You just up to two Pokemon with 90 HP or less in your discard, reveal them, put them into your hand. So kind of like a stretcher reprint Mm -hmm. in a way, but only for like little guys, which I like. Right, because it, it is that kind of boost that you would want for those types of decks. Yeah. With that, though, I think we've hit that time. Is it time for the card of the day? It's time for the card of the day. Okay. Well, I have a treat. I hope... I, there have been a <laughs> lot of cards of the day, and I hope this is not a re- repeat. But uh, my card of the day uh, is a card that I... I it was a special card a special card that only certain people could get right when I was starting the game this was the card that everybody wanted at my local scene I feel like this is going somewhere disastrous (laughs) no no it's not going anywhere disastrous it's got it's got a legendary Pokemon it's got three starter Pokemon and they're all everybody's happy, everybody's celebrating, and that is. Do, do you know what card I'm talking about, Riley? A legendary Pokemon, three starter Pokemon, and everyone's celebrating. No. And everybody wants this card. Is it like victory medal or something? There, close, <laughs> close. It's a victory cup. Victory Cup is the card. So Victory (laughs) Cup was the kind of trophy card. You had a first place, a second place, a third place. I don't think they had a fourth place. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But um, 
it, it basically is a functional copy of Pokeball. Flip a coin if head, search your deck for a Pokemon, reveal it, put it in your hand. Okay, so Pokeball, right? A really generally unplayable card. So, um, you know, that's kind of nice in terms of you're not you're not trying to win these cards to put them in your deck, right? You're winning these cards for the artwork, for the what they mean. And they also have a first place, second place, third place stamp on them. They say Battle Roads. This was the tournament format when I first joined the game. So I was really interested in these Victory <laughs> Cups. And I probably have you know, as many, I probably have more victory cups than I have like, well, no, that's not true. I have like probably 20 victory cups of any variety, but they have, you know, they were, they were how you, you know, how you, how you kind of showed your swag, right? You had them in your binder kind of up front, right? You say like, oh yeah, I got, I got four first places, you know, last month like that's pretty cool right uh, but battle roads they were just a little bit different than league challenges um in the sense that they actually had a top cut so you would play your swiss rounds and then you would bracket off into kind of a regional style bracket you know top cut um and then you would win your victory cup depending on where you play so i always really like these they were super cool. Obviously, Pokemon kind of pared down the battle road to make it a little more casual in the league challenge where you didn't have this, this top cut uh, finish. Um, but yeah, Victory Cup, Victini, we got Snivy, Tepig, Oshawott, all partying it up in a giant goblet, depending <laughs> on how you placed. It's gold, silver, bronze. Uh, and that is my card of the day. Yeah, Victory Cup was seriously cool. I, I like the format change to League Challenge, I think. Like, I like having the, the separation between a League Challenge and a League Cup, where it's like, you know, League Challenge, you just play the Swiss and you're done. Right. But I miss the, like, dedicated award, right. award cards, I guess. Um, right. You know, I have a lot of, like, League Challenge little first place stamp cards, but I think they're just less cool than having a Victory Cup. Yeah, and that's one of the things about these trophy cards is that I would like to see make a return is... If they have a funk, like they just give them functional text that's exactly the same as another card. And it could be a playable card or a not playable card. But imagine if we got like first place victory cups and it was like Switch or something, you know? And like that would be a cool way. If it was Switch, you'd have to make sure you can't play it in the same deck as Switch. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I mean, there'd have to be maybe some stipulation. I don't know if you could play victory cups and Pokeballs in the same deck. Probably could. Uh, obviously it's not you know particularly relevant but um um yeah you know if they have kind of the functional similarity to a card that's already in format but just has you know that that cool artwork and that kind of distinguishable stamp i think that's really really interesting and and i'd like to see that return honestly or even dare i say something like you know professor's research but it just has you know a special art and special stamp i think that'd be really cool professor yeah, you know, a right. unique professor that you can only get if you get first place. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Like you get a professor oak one if you get the first place or something. Dude, <laughs> man, you should be working at Pokemon. <laughs> I should be. H- hire this man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I do like the idea of like special cards like that though. That have, like, I do just a layer of meaning. I do just want to point out, though, um, the Victory Cups were kind of funny in the artwork, just while we're on the artwork of the Victory Cups, because first place, everything's happening. All of Victini's friends are there, right? They're all celebrating his his first place victory. Third place, 
They're Oshawa, Tepic, and Snivy. They're they're nowhere to be seen. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's like it's sad, man. The drop off <laughs> between second and third is like you're, he's celebrating alone. I just I, oh, I, I shudder to think at what's going through Victini's brain in the third place picture. <laughs> and he's watching all the other Victinis celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's sad. Sad. <laughs> well. In the spirit of tournaments and winning them, I feel like we have to, as you know, we are the tag team Pokemon trading card game podcast, we got to talk about the metagame. We got to. Um, so last week, a, a huge focus of our discussion was on Shadow Rider and its dominance in the meta. And that has definitely still remained a thing. Shadow Rider is still probably, probably the best deck still, to be honest. Uh, but it's metagame positioning has definitely gotten a little more troubling if you're a Shadow Rider player. Namely, uh, the the prevalence of Dark in the metagame has surged. And I think one of the most interesting pieces of that is the, the ADP Moltres deck is really mm. on the up right now. I mean, it yeah, it is solidly taken over as the main ADP archetype. Yeah, and I mean, I've even seen lists where people are like, not even playing Zashian anymore, <laughs> which to me is wild. I, I mean, that card is, like, so broken. I don't know how you how you don't play Zashian, but at the same time, I mean, it, it is kind of cool that you're covering your bases in a different way that Zashian just can't. Um, and so maybe, like, freeing up that bench space is, is going to be more beneficial to you in the long run. Yeah, I think my take on it is Zashian is very, very good in certain matchups as well as an attacker. But then it's useless as an attacker in like these weakness-based matchups that you're trying to hit with your birds. Right. Um, so it's kind of a metagame call even to like how useful is Ashian in the grand scheme. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right, to think like 260, like a 260 attack, assuming you, you know, Brave Blade after an altered creation, like just isn't good enough anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what we've resorted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so ADP Moltres definitely on the up. Do you have any hot takes on ADP Moltres? Any particular secret inclusions you like in it? No, not particularly. I mean, the deck is all about teching, right? So uh, you just have to know kind of what you're going into. But it's it's really a, a an interesting archetype because and one that we haven't really seen in a while. But you're just playing a ton of different energy types. Um, you're being very I don't know. You're being very kind of greedy in some senses with your Pokemon, right? You're just spreading them out a lot, right? Yeah. Like in old ADP decks, you'd play the four Zashin and then you were always guaranteed to have like something that you can do. <laughs> uh, now, you know, you prize your two Moltres, right? Or or you prize, you know, your two of your better attackers in that particular matchup. You might be kind of kind of screwed in a lot of senses. Of course, ADP and boss kind of make up for a lot of sins <laughs> but it's just worth noting that there's a little yeah. less consistency in the attacking side of things but that's also cool because you get to just counter a lot more things that you otherwise weren't able to so uh no real hot takes for me but it's interesting to see that this archetype has has supplanted classic adp zashin yeah it's definitely really cool i mean it's still adp so it's not not the best thing to see in the world like nobody really loves seeing that but it, i think it's exciting that people are trying new things and uh, there's a new avenues to play existing archetypes that's always always really cool to see ice rider has also been on the up in the last couple mm -hmm. of weeks um 
you know, it's slowly gaining a, a better foothold in the meta. I think it's a mixture of people are finding ways that they like to play it more. Um, and just more people are trying it as well. I feel people were like really laser focused on Shadow Rider to start with, and now people are giving Ice Rider a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Path to the Peak is really the, the name of the game with Ice Rider, uh, being able to consistently deal out pretty high amounts of damage, you know, almost always guarantee a two hit KO on a, <laughs> on a V Max or one hit KO on a V. And yep. having that Path to the Peak just constantly in play so your opponent can't really respond as effectively as they would otherwise. I mean, that's just a try and true strategy, right? Like disrupting your opponent's abilities and doing a lot of damage. Do you have any, you know, particular takes on, on ice rider? Would you rather play it than shadow rider at the moment? Um, I don't think I would, but I'm like slowly giving it more credit. Um, you know, I kind of started out the format saying like, obviously shadow rider is better but then as we've seen you know decks have countered that right you're either playing eternatus or maybe adp moltres to kind of take advantage of the psychic base generally being um a dark week right so then okay i had i had ice rider solidly tier two and then uh, a couple weeks ago we were talking about it a little more and i was saying okay ice rider you know i give it a little more credit um you know people are starting to come up with better lists and then now all of a sudden i'm i'm finding myself you know, really having to admit that it, it probably is a tier one archetype right now. Um, certainly more and more people are are playing it. Um, it's having better and better results. And the lists are just getting more and more refined. One thing that I want to point out about the list that um, was not the way that I was building Ice Rider and is probably why I wasn't seeing as much success. But they're focusing more around alternate supporters as opposed to uh, research. And so what that means is that uh, you're keeping all of your resources until the end of the game you're not discarding those you know reset stamps that you might need you're not discarding the energy that you might need later in the game uh the path to the peaks that you might want to play at certain times um with my research-based build i found i found that i was often discarding a lot of resources that um, i otherwise wanted to have right later in the game but we're seeing these decks consistently rely on and particularly in ice riders case rely on the intellions mm-hmm to dig out what they want from the deck every turn or the Mancino Sinchino lines uh, to dig out, you know, what they need every turn. And that seems to work well enough that they don't need to rely on research, thus keeping a few more resources in the deck that can maybe uh, win them the game. So I love the innovation that these players are bringing with this archetype um, in particular, but, but generally speaking with a lot of archetypes, especially when it comes to the Intellion line, um, being included in decks because it means that they can cut back on a lot of the, you know, Dedenne's Crobats mm-hmm. um, uh, and then, and then researches, right. They can, they can afford to play for Marnie, um, you know, maybe even things like, you know, higher council Birdkeeper or higher councils like Erica's hospitality. They don't have to rely on research to dig through the deck because they can pick out whatever they want every single turn with something like Inteleon. So I just think Ice Rider is a great example of how you can play these decks without, uh, a standardized kind of for research, for Marnie, you know, two Dedenne, two Crobat type build, uh, yeah. and still have a lot of success. So I think you partially answered the question I'm about to ask in your your take here. But are you a bigger fan of the Chinchino line or the Intellion line? I'm a bigger fan of the Intellion line. Yeah, for me, that allows that allows for better decision making throughout the course of a game, um, uh, both in in you know uh, thinking about 
you know, that one item that you want to grab off the Drizzile. And then also, you know, whether or not you want to evolve into the damage, uh, the damaging, you know, the sniping Inteleon or, you know, get two more trainers yeah. out of your deck uh, with the other Inteleon. So like that to me is really huge uh, in terms of decision making. I find when I'm playing these Inteleon decks, it's great. Like I, I feel like the format is really healthy right now because we have these decks that can do very well and they're very skill intensive because you have to choose not only like when to evolve, but like when you evolve, what you're going to take um, out of the deck. Like it just seems to me to be very, very healthy. We're not just relying on like zooming through the deck as fast as you can, unless you're maybe an ADP deck. Um, but yeah, it, it is great. I love that we're we're able to do that right now. I I definitely agree. The, the more choices you make in a game, the better, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. So being able to introduce some of these these fun new ways to to do that is really cool i mean even shadow rider has that like they don't have necessarily inteleon but yeah. the the way that they're attaching energies and even the micro decisions of you know should i use my ability before or after a marnie and should i you know play x y and z card to thin or what, what have you it's- the the interesting thing too about shadow rider is that they're also i i feel like generally trending away from the max count of research um yep. Because I've been seeing things like, you know, lessened counts of attackers. So like maybe a one, one line of the alchemy, which we had talked about previously uh, being, you know, a a path to, you know, of course, take those big knockouts. But you maybe don't want, you know, three, three, right? You're not going to use it every single matchup because a lot of times the Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX in of itself is going to get there uh, with the one shots. Um, But like in order to preserve that one, one line. And then the various other texts, maybe you have one Gengar Mimic you. you know, we're seeing these lists trend a little bit more toward Marnie based engines, um, you know, that are going to save and preserve those resources for the future. So it's, it's cool, man. Pokemon's cool. cool. Pokemon, Pokemon is cool. cool. Pokemon is cool. Um, I have a couple questions in chat here that actually I think tie in with some of the other things I wanted to talk about here in the meta. Uh, so first off, is thoughts on Luke Metal now that Path counters Zamazenta. Um, I don't think it's exactly that straightforward. You know, I think Luke Metal, you know, you play, you'll play a high swell count, of course, to try and deal with the Path proactively. And Path still mm-hmm. is problematic, but I think you'll be surprised at how effective the deck still is. It's still picking up some pretty top placements very regularly. Um, and that manifests yep. in a couple of ways. Like the Shadow Rider decks aren't necessarily always playing Path. And even if they are, um, you can really hit them with like some solid early energy disruption and slow them down and just win like a more straightforward kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Ice Rider matchup, you hit them for weakness. So you just lay on so much pressure so fast. Um, and they yep. don't have as like a Mars Shadow to deal with the swell as easily, usually. Right. Right. Um, so Luke Metal is still definitely good. Yeah, Luke Metal is is a nice deck. And um, I mean, it's it's one of the originators of kind of this no research strategy, right? Where they're trying to keep all their resources, um, you know, just to kind of tie in that point as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think like you're looking at the Zosh and Luke Metals. And like you said, they're playing, you know, those two swells now. Um, where maybe last format they were maybe dropping to one or something or, or playing a lesson or zero in some cases. Um, but they're also playing Guzman Hala, which is not necessarily what we've seen from Zosh and Luke Metal decks, but certainly um, a lot of the top decks that I've been seeing from tournaments are playing at least one 
uh, Guzman Hala to be able to have that ability to tag call for the Guzman Hala for the stadium at the exact turn that they would need it to counter the path to the peak. Right. So do I think Luke Metal is the best it's ever been? Like, no. I think it's right. definitely had higher highs, but I don't think it's bad at all right now. Um, and we did talk about that a little bit last week as well. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, it's it's always the kind of deck that, that'll be up there, right? Um, just because it takes that slower pace of play. There's not really much fire in the meta. And if there is, like, you could generally not factor, you know, figure that you're going to play more than one. Um, with Ice Rider surging in popularity, um, that's both, you know, that, that kind of counter to the fire decks and also a generally good matchup to play into just because of weakness so i think there's a lot of reasons right now to play lucario male model absolutely the other question in chat which ties into another point i wanted to talk about is will single price decks ever be able to hold up against the meta and i think they're struggling but not completely out i mean you have decks like um like spirit tomb is still kind of on the niche it's like it has been for the last few metas mm-hmm. um, and it does get a new matchup where it can hit for weakness. The downside, obviously, being you have to be really careful with how you play your Spirit Tombs uh, because Shadow Rider can use its second attack on the basic V to like, really mess with you if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, like, you know, you are hitting them for weakness, so you can even ramp up to, like, one hit KO of VMAX in one turn um, with without having a prior Spirit Tomb down. Like, that's right. how... That's how crazy the ramp is on Spiritomb these days. Um, so that's definitely worth pointing out. Um, another single prize deck that is a staple is, of course, Decidueye. Um, that might not fit exactly the mold that you were going for, but uh, you know, Decidueye is, is of course, a, a powerful force in the metagame that is not going anywhere. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's just... You know, it's hard when you factor in part, I would say particularly the Inteleon, right? Like you look at um, probably the premier single prize deck of the last format being Mad Party. And then it just doesn't port over that well, particularly because of Shadow Rider, right? That's just a devastating attack. But also you're looking at more sniping from the likes of Inteleon. Uh, just makes it really hard to survive uh, in a metagame that's, you know, primarily those two horses. Yeah, I think... I do kind of have a minor complaint. I think that Shadow Riders, like, basic attacks are too good in a way. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, like, I think Shadow Rider is not, like, super overpowered or anything, but, like, especially the first attack is, like, kind of ridiculous. Uh, being able to lock out, like, special yeah. energy in stadiums just on yeah. an attack for one energy attachment. Like, that's Chaos Wheel, man. Like, Chaos yeah. Wheel is... <laughs> you put an effort to power up a Chaos Wheel. Um, so and then it's it's other attack kind of is impressive to one prize decks so just not a not a favorable time right now and the thing is i like it when cards have like usable basics you know but But that that was too far pokemon it was i think it was a little too it didn't need both of those for sure Uh maybe uh one of uh them you know Uh yeah yeah maybe one very cool anything else that you're looking at the metagame and you're like maybe scratching your head at I was talking to somebody recently about Dark Box, 
maybe making a potential comeback. Obviously, you have the Galarian Moltres, right? You're going to get that energy back every single turn. Uh, but then to be able to move it around with Weavile maybe has some pretty decent matchups in the format. I, I think even Azul rated it very highly, like surprisingly highly on his uh, his power rankings. So, I mean, um, I've been a fan of this Dark Box build since I first saw it in that Japanese <laughs> tournament. Yeah. Um, the... The problem with it, the major problem with it, is it needs to hit a bunch of combo pieces very early, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't play pretty much any real draw supporters. Um, it like is very heavy into like this tag call engine, so it's easy. It's like easy to hit stuff, but also easy to whiff in a way. If that makes sense, like if you start a tag call. <laughs> You can get some a pretty okay board state, but like you might be missing like the one piece still that you need, uh-huh. which just makes it hard to chain like your next turn. So I like it. I think it's still good, like at least okay, but I don't think it's like a phenomenal deck either. Sure, sure. You know, I I don't see a reason why you would necessarily choose it or some of these other top decks that we're talking about, but I do think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, any other kind of maybe head scratchers or surprises that you see um, either doing well or being played in high numbers? Um, I mean, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said the ADP Burrows deck is absurd and like so <laughs> ridiculous, uh, but clearly it's like proven itself. Other than that, I mean, nothing has really stuck out to me or been like overly surprising. I always find <laughs> it refreshing when I see like a Inertiafu continue to do well and they are still like appearing in smatterings mm-hmm. uh, through everything which i can respect that um otherwise no nothing too too crazy i don't think the metagame is kind of is unfolding and i don't it's like an expected way but it's not a bad way you know and right yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're seeing fresh things. We're seeing, um, you know, kind of some consistency, right, in just Zosh and ADP, Eternatus, and Zosh and Luke Metal. But then we're getting these new builds, kind of. Uh, what I like when a new set releases is when old builds get updates. Uh, so that's certainly kind of, you know, ADP Moltres, like we're, like we're talking about. And maybe even, like, the, the Mewtwo Weavile, of course. Um, but that wasn't really that big of an archetype last format. But, um, yeah, I think overall, like, if I had to say we're... Uh, you know, whether or not we're in a good place or a bad place, like I'm saying overwhelmingly, it's a good time to play Pokemon right now. It's definitely a lot of fun. So, um, you know, one thing that we, we wanted to talk about today that looks like we didn't have time for was uh, kind of the, the lower attendance numbers, which kind of surprised me because Pokemon's a lot of fun right now. So um, whether you're playing in real life at your new local tournaments, which maybe have come back, or if you're playing online, we hope that you're enjoying the game as much as us. And let us know what you're thinking about it as well. You know, we do have these social media tags. You can find us at Twitter, at Smiles of Riles, Real John Walter, and at Tag Team Pokemon. Uh, or here on Twitch with Munner, where we stream the show every week, or at Flex Daddy Righteous, where JW does his live streams. And he's also Flex Daddy Righteous on YouTube if you want to see some of his awesome content. Appreciate it, Riley. Yeah, that'll do it for us today. Great chat. We will talk about more uh, exciting topics next week, although, of course, I must warn you, Riley will be gone next week. <laughs> so I, it is tasked to me to find someone to uh, to not take his spot. I would never replace you, Riley, but to try to fill his shoes, at least briefly. Yeah, all my shoes, 
in real life aren't super big, so <laughs> it might be easy then. Might be easy. Might be very easy. <laughs> we appreciate all your listenership and continued loyalty. Uh, be sure to rate and review if you enjoyed the show, and we will catch you all next time. Peace. See ya. <laughs>